AOEO. Welcome to your everyday rock. Blah, blah, blah. Take two. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> Come on. No. All right. We're live. <laughs> welcome. Welcome back to your everyday rich podcast. <laughs> uh, we're your hosts, Jason and Jennifer. Um, and uh, your everyday rich, uh, the whole everyday rich uh, network, as we like to call it. Um, is essentially um, a financial literacy movement that we've uh, really, really want to push and start amongst millennials and, and really people with just that want to get further along in, in, in your, uh, your life. And it's sparked by living room conversations so that we can empower you to make the best financial decisions to help you live your everyday rich. And really, ultimately, you decide how to do that. But having a little bit of information, having a little bit of some some game from us, from people that we interview, the experiences that we have, experiences they have, that's the game you need, right? That's the game we hopefully you can take and and use it to your advantage. But uh, today, um, this convo, like we like to say, we like to highlight our uh, our friends' businesses. Um, because we're big supporters of small business. Um, but we want to shout out to uh, Portraits on White, good friends at Portraits on White. Um, you're probably the top-notch photo booth team in the greater Toronto area. Anyways, but uh, check them out, Portraits on White, black and white classy photo, bo- photo booth photos. Uh, no, no gimmicky props and stuff like that. Hey, no offense if you had a wedding that had gimmicky props. I don't remember because I was probably drunk at all of them. But you mean those things that you like? Yeah, the fake mustaches, the, fake mustaches, the hats. hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boas. It's like a New Year's party, 2022. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been to a lot of those parties with those photo booths. You don't need props. You don't need props. You you know why? Your face being inebriated <laughs> in that environment with your friends but those are different photos those are like silly photos you can still have silly classy black and white photos okay but anyways check them out portraits on white um okay so conversation that we want to have today um was spurred on an article that we that i came across in mm-hmm. uh, money sense uh magazine well the online source now i don't read the magazines but the headline was essentially 80 percent of high net worth women leave money decisions to their spouse which is odd i would say because you would think whether it's man or a woman that has a high net worth they are i guess well educated in finance you would, that's the assumption, right? That's kind of like the the weird thing. You would think a high net worth individual would be well-versed in the world of finance. And that was the first thought. I th- I remember reading this headline. I was yeah. like, remember I showed you? I was like, yeah, look at this. Mm-hmm. And I, I was quite stunned, actually. Um, but as I read through the article, 
they made some interesting assumptions and interesting uh, points based on the data that they collected, right? Mm-hmm. This was a survey done by UBS. Um, and the article, we're just reading this, right? Basically said 80% of uh, the high net worth women left their money decisions to their spouse, mainly because of the lack of knowledge or them s- stating that they did not ha- not have sufficient time or they did not have the interest or the energy to make the financial decisions when it came to planning their money planning right. around their money well there were two other things that i mentioned in the article too so that's just one of yep. them is what saying yes they didn't have the time they didn't have yep. the time or money or they felt like sorry not time time or or sorry time and um knowledge yep. was one Two was that they felt like leaving these decisions to their husband or partner or whatever would balance out the relationship from a power point of view, which is kind of weird. But number three, which is I can relate to, is that a lot of women are also caregivers for the children yep. right the main caregiver in the household so when they come home from a job when it's five o'clock so come home from the job like now they're going to second job it's like <laughs> now i gotta go to my second shift which yeah. is you know taking care of your children or maybe taking care of the elderly like if you had lived with your you mm-hmm. know parents or in-laws right so those are kind of the three i th- i found the three points that i got out of that um the three reasons why or at least they think why you know most a lot of these women leave the financial decisions to their husband yeah it made it that point really did uh highlight some some social so, social social fabric issues that we continue to have as an as a society right mm-hmm. where these traditional roles right of wife or husband yeah this whole joke that we had going on when we were uh when i guess we were dating and then when we got to know each other's parents and we kind of almost established these roles because like it's part of your upbringing these yep you're the man you do the outside work yep i'm the woman i will do the inside work yep I do chore, not, the household chores the chores the i do dishes, not i don't want to get the... my nails dirty with the mud outside yeah but you know these kind of roles but it's true right because then um i guess traditionally in a family nucleus a household you do have those kind of um segmentations still as yeah. much as we try to say no like we don't want to have that we 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 try really hard not to have these kind of role definitions but sometimes there are instances where you know if, i mean just physically you know it's easier for me to do heavier lifting on things like like yard work or whatever right mm-hmm. because you know that's just physio- physiologically it's easier but yeah like I think in tradition, like a lot of times where, and maybe it's more from like, it dates back to when women, you know, before this whole, forget about this higher net worth individual or women point of view. Like if you think about 20, 30 years ago, women weren't educated. They weren't allowed to be educated, right? Men were the one who were going to school, right? Um, women like even like my mom only finished and your mom probably only finished high school yeah and that was it and that was the norm yeah right and my mom's all of my mom's brothers they got sent to post-secondary 
Same with same with my and uncles. And all the sisters, like my mom came from a family of eight. There were uh, three girls, or sorry, five, five, sorry, five girls and two boys. And all the women went to high school and then they went to work. Mm-hmm. Versus the men, the brothers, you know, went to high school, got post-secondary and then went to work. Right. So that was kind of like the norm back then where women, it wasn't the norm for women to get further education. Right. And then eventually they get married and then they become, a lot of them become stay at home moms. Right. That that was the norm. Right. So it doesn't, it didn't, that society or that kind of culture didn't allow for women to, I guess, learn about finances. So as a result, they took a back seat on that particular um, role in the household, right? Yeah, and that goes to basically like it's hard for you to learn and be immersed in a topic when you're not exposed to that environment. Yeah. So if you're not working, how do you understand the concept of what a paycheck is? Deductions, taxation, mm-hmm. uh, negotiating a raise, yeah. all these things that revolve around money. And if it's just one-sided of it, then it becomes very difficult for you to pick that up. And, yep. es- and especially like if you're really focused, like, you know, it's weird. Like my mom, like you were mentioning stay at home. My my mom, uh, a short career stint in corporate did become a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. which is the most thankless job. For sure. In the world. But right? unfortunately, it has nothing to do with finance. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the unfortunate that's part. That's the reality, right? right? Yeah. But the weird thing is that my mom actually took care of all the finances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. It was like dad came home. Hey, get some uh, money to go buy some pizza. Ask your mom. She has all of it now. (laughs) So, um, you know, but when it comes down to this whole thing where you're right, women do have the opportunity now. And realistically, in this day and age, I sure am going to make it a uh, I hopefully have push everyone to learn about this because it's so important. Whether yeah. you're a man, a woman, whether you're a, a teenager, a plus matter. minus, whatever the denomination you call yourself, like it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It, it you can put it on YouTube and you can learn it. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like twenty, thirty years ago, the only way you can learn about finances is either through school, whatever they taught you in school, yeah, which was not much, which is not much, or if you picked up a book, yeah. And honestly, like how often like, will like, anybody like this go? Thing? Yeah, like how often would someone go pick up a book to read about finances? Like it takes time for you to digest a book like that. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. Versus now, there's so much information out there at the tip or fingertips. Now, of course, there's going to be a caveat to that. Not everything is accurate out there, but yeah. still, like you go on YouTube. You can just do a Google search. You can go to ChatGPT. Like, you can get so much information. Information is everywhere. It's just so much easier to learn about something than it was back then. Right. And the thing I did want to highlight here in that caught my uh, caught my eye during the article was all that stuff about it. Like they were completely valid points, and it made you really think. When it comes down to it, it's ultimately like. Okay, time, yes. Can you find the time? Sure, you can find the time. Do you have the energy? Yes, I'm tired. But can you find the energy, right? Mm-hmm. Prioritizing different things. When it comes down to it, it is this interest part. That's right? the hard part. That is the hardest part. Most people don't want to read about no. 
It's it, and, it, and admittedly, it's it it is boring. It can get boring about reading. Well, about. that's the whole point: is that your everyday rich is trying to make it not boring. All right, yeah. so it's like edutainment, right? Yeah. So that okay, you know what? Yes, financial literacy is a typically male, pale, boring topic. But you know what? It's not as exciting as the Kardashians. How about making money like the Kardashians? Yeah. Is that exciting? Yeah. Then if you reframe it like that, then yes, it can be hell of exciting to make great financial decisions to empower yourself, to put you in positions where you don't have to worry about that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's kind of the reframing, right? Um, but this whole interest thing came to another point in the article they talked about where, you know, at some point there's going to be life circumstances that will change this whole need for women in this article to mm-hmm. be forced to learn. Yeah. So whether you go through a divorce or, or widowhood mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, if the husband was taking care of all the money and the financial planning, you're left with figuring it out on your own <laughs> on the fly under emotional distress, Yeah. which is never good when you mix money. Yep. So this is the whole point when it got to this in the article was that like, what can you do beforehand so you're not left in a position yeah. where you are reliant on potentially someone else, right? Whether now it's a financial advisor you never talked to, it's your uncle that knows jack shit about whatever. Mm-hmm. No, not this is not a reference to many of my uncles or anything like that, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you don't want to be in that position where you don't have just the basic knowledge yep. of not knowing what to do yep. or well, where things are. Yep. Well, that's why it's so important that, you know, that as a couple, Mm -hmm. if you do have a partner, that you're reviewing finances together, making financial decisions together. Yep. Right. Of course, is one person going to do most of the administrative work? Like one person's going to pay the bill. One person's going to, you know, maybe check up on stuff. But when it comes down to making financial decisions, like it should be being done together yeah as a team yeah so that you're the other person's still aware like even the other person that's like physically doing whatever needs to be done going to the bank you know paying the bills online whatever it is right yeah there's only one person that can do that but you should still have a discussion about it right so that the other person knows you know how much is going towards that bill or how much is what kind of debt do we have for this, 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 and this, right? So it's just yeah. awareness, right? Yeah, when it comes to planning, like it's it's always good to get your partner involved because the idea is that you are building this life together. Everyone should be aware of what the overall plan is. Yep. You don't need to know what the path is, right? It's like, hey, this is the box we're going to be playing in and I'm mm-hmm. letting you know kind of what all the pieces are. Yep. What do you think? And it's like, oh, I don't know jack shit about this. Okay, well, here, here's what I understand. Here's what I think we should be doing. And through that natural process, I think there is this cur- natural curiosity that does come into an effect. Yep. Whereas if you're asking questions about this money stuff and what are we doing with it? How do we make more? How do we grow more? Yeah, I, I sure hope you have this natural curiosity about like, oh, okay. Other than, well, I mean, there's the joke about just make more money for me so I can buy more stuff, please. (laughs) And I'll sit back and relax. I would love that too. But you know what? No, you're right. Doing it together as a a team. 
Yeah. Like you you want to have that cohesiveness, that teamwork, because ultimately, yes, delegate. You want to delegate, and you know, not everyone. You don't need to replicate and duplicate tasks. So. No, as one person do the task. As long yeah. as you're making the financial decisions together, mm-hmm. setting goals together, yep. so that you're aware of the financial situation of yeah. your family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The- and let's hope you know in the end, like you know. That person doesn't become divorced or widowed or whatever. But in a case that does happen, you know, you have something to work with. You have a grasp of the overall picture. Yeah. Right. You have enough information to be dangerous. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You just kind of know top level what's going on because being blind in a storm, no, no headlights, no navigation system. It's hard. It's really hard, man. And I've seen that happen before. Um, and you know, it's, it's challenging. Right. And, but I think if you're thinking about it, like, you know, if you're, you have a, a situation like that right now, you know, it starts with understanding kind of what your assets are, what your liabilities are, you know, what, where your accounts are. And maybe it's even as going as far as creating a will and a state plan, mm-hmm. right? You got kids, you got rental properties now, and you got a stock portfolio, if you've been working for 15 plus years now, you're a millennial. It's something that you should think about, right? Okay. And this is not advice, but just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. So because it really, it's a greater awareness, right? Remember, greater awareness puts you in a position for you to be able to make better decisions that really hopefully help you out. For sure. So. All right. Um, yeah, that was it, actually. Interesting. Uh, we'll leave off. This whole, uh, remember that equalization of power in the relationship? Uh, if you guys have watched the new Netflix show, uh, How to Be Rich. How to Get Rich. How to Get Rich. With uh, Ramit. Yeah, Ramit Sethi. Sethi, yeah. There was an episode with that uh, that couple where um, the woman was, the yeah, the, the wife was making all the money. Yeah, she's a high income, er- high income earner. Yeah. And she lived with her husband. They had, I think, two kids. Yeah, the husband is a engineer but doesn't work anymore currently or yeah. what was an engineer mm-hmm. and then quit his job to stay at home to take care of the kids and they're obviously their dynamic changed once that happened and basically she didn't allow him to make any of the financial decisions well she kind of resented within the him. family yeah she resented him for basically not bringing any money into the household and as a result wouldn't allow him she didn't trust him with any financial decisions. But it, it it it's funny. It's weird because that dynamic was so weird because it's not like he's never... He doesn't have the ability to make money. He just currently doesn't make any money. And as an engineer, I, I didn't go into that. But when he was talking, it sounded like he actually understands like, you know, how the money works and how these things work. She was just more like, I make the money. I get to spend it. But she actually didn't I, have a plan in yeah. place well she just said basically i make the money yeah. that's why i get to make the decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. that was her thing yeah right it was like you said it's a resentment thing right yeah we still gotta watch the next episode to see what happens to them but it was uh, interesting like when it came to yeah when you talk about power yep. in the relationship mm-hmm. like and that was opposite of what this article is saying because she didn't give him any power yeah, yeah. right i you know the article said women leave the decision to the man to to equalize the power she didn't equalize at all she took it all (laughs) one okay 
So that was interesting, actually, that it the was, episode. Remember, four and five. Four out of five women do this. Yeah, so she's the one. She was the one. The one in five. <laughs> the 20 She did not relinquish the power. <laughs> yeah. She just took it all. She was listening to the locks. Money, power, respect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Anyways, we'll have to see what happens in the next episode, but it'd be interesting to see how they work it out. Yeah. Well, we're going to work it out by thanking you for listening. Um, you can help us out by sharing this um, episode with someone that you think could benefit from this conversation so they, they can empower themselves to make great money decisions, live their everyday rich. Um, that's the only way that we can grow this and really kind of create this movement for millennials and you know people that are navigating these situations just like us. And hopefully you can relate to that and uh share it with someone that you believe that could uh get some help from this mm -hmm. but yeah pay the fee for us please share like comment rate subscribe subscribe whatever all those things all right so till next time i think i think i will relinquish power here and uh go get a <laughs> snack all righty all right all right see ya peace the Everyday Rich Podcast is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. Any such information or other material should not be construed as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a qualified professional.